Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. My friends, I always used to say that Seek Reality was audio only because I have such a great face for radio. Well, now that we're both audio and video, I really do enjoy finally having face-to-face conversations with some wonderful people that I've only ever met by audio. And one of the people that I've especially looked forward to meeting face-to-face is today's wonderful guest, in part because he has such a beautiful voice. Today, Coot Blackson is with us for the fourth time. Coot was born in Ghana of a Ghanaian father and a Japanese mother. And actually, that's kind of an amazing and beautiful story all by itself. We have told that story here. So you might look up one of those prior interviews if you're curious about it. Beautiful story. Coot has been a public speaker since he was eight years old, and he first spoke then in front of 3,000 people. I don't think I've ever done that in my life in his father's church. And I love his second book. It's called The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go. I went through it again before this read, and I was just telling him. I went through it again for, I guess, the third time. And frankly, I found new things in it to talk about. It's really a beautiful book. Coot Blackson received the 2019 Walden Award in the New Thought Wisdom category with the Unity Unity Organization. It, it awards it once a year to recognize socially conscious leaders, such a young person to be doing so much with his life, people who are making the world a better place. Oprah Winfrey has won it, and he's, frankly, he's doing so much with his life already. I think this is a well-deserved award for him to have won. Mm-hmm. He's an inspirational speaker now all over the world. He teaches authentic leadership and empowerment, and he says his mission is a simple one. He wants to awaken and inspire people all across the planet to access their inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. Coot, welcome back. I'm so happy to have you here again. Good to be here. And let's talk a little bit about what you've been doing since you were last with us, which I think was less than a year ago. So you give a lot of talks, right? And and just meet with people. No, I've been doing a lot. I've been speaking. I just got back from Japan last week, did an eight-day event in, J- in Japan last week. Next week, I do an eight-day event in India. Um, what else? I did a uh, an event, a 12 day event in Bali at the end of July, beginning of August. I do another 12 day event in Bali in December. Um, it's been nonstop. Wow. It's been nonstop. How many languages do you speak when you do all of these things? I, I speak English and pretty much everyone has to figure it out. <laughs> it's kind of our lingua franca, right? But yes, everyone yes. more or less speaks English now, which is exactly. handy. That's for sure. No, I, I think it's just wonderful that you're able to to get all over the world, though, and talk to all these people. Yeah, I feel blessed. I feel blessed. Yeah. Let's talk about your book, because it's so counterintuitive, The Magic of Surrender. And mm-hmm. but when you, when you go through your book, though, you, you talk about all the different ways in which it really is true. And and I, I every time I pick up your book, 
I think that's just not true. But because we want to run our lives, we want to be the one who's in control. And so often you show all the different ways in which we're not really in control anyway, are we? Well, here's what I would say. I think, look, the Magic of Surrender book is not the book I wanted to write. Let's just start start off there. It's not the book I planned to write. I had my own agenda, my own plan, my own intention. I was probably trying to control the process myself. After my first book was a bestseller, I thought I would write another bestseller and make it a mega bestseller. And so I started studying, publishing. What book was, books would my publishers want? What books would my audience want? And I came up with a list of 75 different ideas. And when I looked at this whiteboard that I came up with, I saw that none of those ideas felt truly true. None of those ideas felt authentic. None of those ideas felt um, aligned with my soul and my soul's authenticity. And the only word on this whiteboard that really stood out for me was the word surrender. And I thought to myself, oh, man, I could feel the energy. I could feel the vibration. I could feel the resonance. And I thought... I thought to myself, this is the book, but I don't want it to be the book because there's so many misconceptions that we have about surrender. And I think as human beings, it's something that we kind of know we should do, especially when you read spiritual books. But we resist surrendering for reasons which we'll get into. And so I had to surrender to the book about surrender and surrender to the book that was seeking to be written. And I realized that the book had a life of its own, a vision of its own. Uh, an energy of its own. And, and when I just got myself out of, out of the way, something began flowing in a very beautiful way. And so that's how the book came about. But I would say that I think in our culture today, uh, we have so many misconceptions about surrender. This idea that surrender is passive, surrender is weak, surrender is giving up, surrender is waving the white flag, that surrender is doing nothing, surrender is being lazy, surrender is uh, 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 you're going to get left behind, you're going to be a doormat, you won't manifest your goals, dreams and desires, that you're going to get less in life if you surrender. And I'm actually saying no, If you in truly surrendering, what if you didn't get less, but you got more? Maybe not what you planned, maybe not what you intended, maybe not what you expected, but what if it was better? What if it was beyond? What if it was more than what you could have imagined with your ego's capacity to visualize and imagine and project into the future? And so um, I think that surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do as human beings. Surrender is the key to the next level of, of your life. Surrender is the real secret to manifestation. Surrender is the real password to freedom. If you look at all of the great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Mandela, Martin Luther King, uh, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, you know, great in their own ways. At some point, all of these individuals had to get to the point in their life where they had to surrender themselves to the vision that was bigger than themselves, to the divine, to the universe, to the infinite, to God, to the deeper expression of what their soul was seeking to manifest. And in that surrender, they transcended their human capacity, their personal power, their human limitations, and they tapped into another dimension of life, another dimension of existence. And that's when life, God, the divine intelligence was able to use them and express through them and manifest through them in ways that they could not have planned and imagined. And so just to clarify, surrender is a letting go of control. Or I should say the illusion that we were in control in the first place. <laughs> Which you're you know? not. 
Surrender is a, is when we stop trying to force and manipulate life to fit our limited idea of how we think it should be and who we think we should be and how we think we should do things so that we can take the limitations off of life and be open and available to life unfolding, to life leading us, life showing us, life revealing itself to us. And to me, that's, that's where the real magic happens. We all want more magic in our lives. Magic has more abundance and more joy. But we don't want to surrender. The ego doesn't want to surrender. We want to hold on to who we were, hold on to what we know. But the truth is, the next level of our life, the next level of your life requires the next level of you, which requires that you let go of of the old, requires that you let go of who you were. But the ego holds on to what we know out of self, out of comfort, out of self-preservation, out of fear, you know, out of being in a comfort zone, not realizing that holding on to that which is no longer aligned simply keeps you stuck, simply keeps you limited. And so for me, letting go is what creates the space. Surrender is what creates the space so that more blessings and more, like you can't manifest the new being the old version of yourself. You can't manifest the new being the old. And many of us, we we want to hold on to that old job but also manifest a, 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 an amazing career. We want to hold on to a, a relationship that we know is clearly not right whilst praying for our soulmate. doesn't work that way. I think one of the most powerful things that we can do is let go of that which is no longer aligned so that we can make space in our life and more space allows more grace, allows more divine intelligence, allows more flow to flow through our lives. And that's when the magic happens. And that's when life uses us in ways that we cannot imagine. So the old um, ego-based model for living life is all about, well, what do you want? Get clear on what you want. And I say, yeah, you, you can manifest from the ego, but it will always be limited. It's little. It'll be so little and safe. The ego is not able to see the whole picture and the whole possibility of what it's seeking to unfold. Right. So, so yes, get clear on what you want. Yes, you know, but don't get so attached to it that you end up putting limitations on life. It's got to be this way. Life has to be this way. It's got to look this way. This person has to be my soulmate when clearly that may not be the right person for you. Sometimes what we think we want is not what our soul truly needs. And you might achieve what you thought you wanted only to realize that what you thought you wanted was not what you really wanted. It was just what you Mm -hmm. thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. And so for me, the question becomes not what do I want? The question becomes what is it? It's a bigger question. What is it that life is seeking to express through me? What is it that life is seeking to manifest through me? What is it that life is seeking to create through me? When What is it that my soul is seeking to express? God is seeking to manifest through me. And when we can open ourselves to feel the authentic, deepest truth of our being and allow that to come forth, then we can align our personality, our egos, our minds, our resources with the deepest impulse of life. And then we can move into action um without with full commitment but without attachment and i think that's the essence of surrender you commit fully but you're not attached and so just to clarify for people that might have well surrender surrender no surrender doesn't mean being lazy surrender doesn't mean not taking action surrender sometimes people think oh surrender just means what you just go with the flow of what it like some like sometimes people have this misconception oh so to surrender so i just go with the flow and so 
I feel like eating four tubs of Hagen dazs and I'm just going to go <laughs> with the flow. You know, I feel attracted to this woman. So I'm going to just go with the flow and cheat on my wife. That's not surrender. That is just being a slave to your biological urge or being a slave to your addictions, you know? And so sometimes surrender, mm-hmm. so surrender is to have a commitment to a deeper commitment more than the fleeting mood of the moment. And so it sometimes requires saying no to certain things. It sometimes requires discipline. It requires commitment. It it sometimes requires doing things that you don't feel like doing in the moment that your mood doesn't want you to do because you have a deeper commitment to something more. Like I, I don't enjoy the process of writing. And if I just followed the flow, I would never write a damn book, Roberta. I would be a, on vacation, on the beach, <laughs> watching movies, right. you know, traveling. Right. But but because I have, I've surrendered to having a bigger impact in people's lives, I sit myself down to do the yep. work that it takes to write, which is often I don't feel like it. So surrender is not just following the mood in the moment. It's a deeper commitment to something deeper, a deeper purpose, a deeper calling, a deeper impact in following that. And so just to be clear, surrender is commitment, surrender is discipline, surrender is focus. Yeah. No, that is beautiful. I love it when you really get going. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're just on fire. I love it. No, that's... That is so true. So many people will email me and they say, I want to do, I want to really do, I feel called to do something. I want to do something. And I say, great, give your life to God. Boom. Oh, I don't want to do that. No, uh, because what if God wants me to do something I don't really like? Yeah. You know? Sometimes I mean, that might be the case. You know what I've realized? The deeper I go on the spiritual path, it's a funny thing. The deeper I go, the less choice I feel I have. Wow, that's profound. Say that again. The deeper I go on the spiritual path, the less choice I feel I have, the freer I feel. The more in ego I am, the more choice I think I have, which is really an illusion, the more limited I am. Because when you're in ego, you think, well, freedom to do whatever I want. I want whenever I want, with whoever I want, however many times I want, wherever I want. And sometimes the things that we we do is not truly in alignment. And so the deeper I go, what I've realized is certain things I can no longer do because they're not in alignment with what my soul is seeking to become. I think I exactly feel the way you feel. There's certain things that you used to be able to do, certain people that you used to be able to hang out with, maybe certain addictions or, yeah, it's not a big deal to have a drink. It's not a big deal to do that. But you realize doing that lowers your vibration, clouds your awareness, clouds your connection to God and the divine that slows your evolution now and inhibits your capacity to be a vessel for the divine, to be used by the divine. And you start realizing, wait a second. Exactly right. I can't do that. I want to do that, but I just... Not out of morality. On a deeper level, you really don't want it. Yes, we don't. And so the surrender, that's the surrender where you could say, my will and thy will become, the gap between my will and thy will decreases and my will and thy will become one. And in that level of surrender, it's like, okay. And that's the freedom where, where, where you surrender yourself. You said 
to God. You surrender yourself to the yes. will of God. You surrender yourself to the let go, let God. Yes. Higher intelligence. Yes. Yes. You don't there was a there was a level where you wanted those things. And I I think I think I could want those things, but I don't want them because mm-hmm. they're a distraction from what I truly want. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you might initially want them. Oh, I, but then I think we have to step back and question and not let ourselves be run by an emotion or a mood or a, I really want that fourth type of Hagen Dars, but I really want to push the snooze button. But I know the Hagen Dars right? feeling exactly. You know? But 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 I know how I'm going to feel tomorrow. Mm, it's not going to be good. It's going to take me a week to recover from that feeling. I really want to push the snooze button and not exercise, but I know that exercising will give me more energy give me more stamina to be able to live my purpose. And so there's that deeper commitment where it's like, you don't have a choice anymore. It's a choice to not have a choice. It's a choicelessness, you know? Yes. The difference is you're, you're so much younger than I am. So you have time. You, you don't be so sure about that. I could be 112 years old. I just use good face cream. Look really <laughs> much. Oh, you're preserved better than I would have imagined I ever could be. But the point is, I'm telling you, as you get older, you realize time yeah. is more precious. Yes. And yes. you have fewer years in which mm-hmm. to take those detours that you could take. That you could take. And they, co- right. they cost you more. I could have taken. I could have taken a Hagendas detour. Uh, you know, five, five, ten years ago, but I don't want to waste a moment because mm. I don't know how many more years I have left. Mm. So it's easier and easier to say no to those Hagen Das detours. But I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Each of the years you have becomes more and more precious, yes. and you want to devote them to what is to what is really important. The older yeah. you get, yes. Yeah. But I know exactly weird. what you mean. Yeah. So that's surrender. You know, that's an element of surrender. It's yes. not surrendering to what's so true. true. Do you want to surrender to your ego or you want to surrender to your soul? You want to surrender yes. to the superficial yes. or you want to surrender to what's real? It's truly Because important. ultimately the superficial might bring you a fleeting momentary satiation, but it won't yes. bring you a deep sense of fulfillment. And there's more and more joy the closer things come to really doing what is truly precious, mm-hmm. truly precious. And and you find that precious more and more, more certainly. You're absolutely right. Oh, my dear, you're absolutely right. I think that's what I've been finding in your book when I go back to it, and I do go back to it. Wow, wow. Boy, you really get on fire, though, when you're speaking. Wait, t- tell me about your events. Wait, when you do one of these events, do, do you... Do you coach individually at all, or do you mainly just do these? Yeah, I mean that that that's a whole conversation. But yes, I I I, I create processes that give people the opportunity to experientially experience themselves and become aware of their patterns, become aware of their ego, become aware of their resistances, become aware of themselves, so that they can heal and transform and shift their resistances to flow and the divine and their souls. And so they're deep, uh, you know, to me, I, I believe information by itself does not transform your life. 
and information. There's many things we know we should do and many things we know we need to do and many things we want to do. And we know it and we've read 7,000 books, but we still don't do it. We still do the opposite. Why? Because it's, it's, it's conditioning. Yeah, and in many have. ways, we are conditioned. And so I really, I'm not saying I don't teach people, but I unteach. I uncoach. My real work is not writing books and my real work is not doing podcasts and my real work is not making nice videos. My real work is I create processes that help people, uh, that uncoach, unteach, uncondition people from the patterns and the layers of conditioning that we've all developed from childhood. And that's yeah. really the essence of what I do. And I help people shift and heal through those so that they can experience surrender, experience their soul, experience their hearts, experience the love that they are and live and express that in the world. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, that, so that's really, you could say, what I what I really do, you know. And so it's one thing to read about surrender in the book. So that's just an opening like, oh, okay, I'm pointing to it. But reading about it is not it. In yeah. my events, I create experiences that help people unravel the knots and the layers that keep us holding on, which is really at the level of the human, the level of development, the level of the ego. The problem is people think of ego as sort of pride, but it's really more complex than that. Ego can Pride is one, one way the ego might manifest. Right. So to, to, to be locked and identified on a position. This right. is my position and this is who I am. So the ego is not good or bad, but the ego is what resists surrender. And the ego is often what gets in the way. But the ego is not the enemy. The ego is just a vehicle that we use in this lifetime to navigate this human experience to interface with this 3D experience. Um, but the ego really is a collection of patterns. The ego is a, is a collection of belief systems, ideologies, uh, conditioning, programming, thoughts, paradigms, emotions, traumas, successes, failures, memories from the past that we hold onto that have been, that have come together in a certain pattern and collection that we hold onto that give us the false sense of being me. And so yes, we, we now end we up so identifying with the collection of patterns that we hold on to that we think mistakenly, this is who I am. And, yes. and the more we hold on to that, the more proud we become. The more we hold on to that, the more limited we become, the less we're able to be flexible and see different perspectives because we're holding so tightly to this is just who I am. And ego is not bad. It's just kind of a reaction to certain things. And so the ego, the ego's job, the ego is not a thing, by the way. So if we can just shift that perspective, it's not a thing. This is a phone. This is a thing. The ego is a process. It's a process of, of, of identification. Like bicycle, a bicycle is a thing. Pedaling is a process. Ego uh -huh. is not a thing. The, the identification is the process and identification right. is ego. And, and so the job of the ego is to protect you from getting hurt. Like you were hurt when you were five and like you were hurt when you were seven, like you were hurt when you were 12. And so the ego creates a certain strategy and way of being to not get hurt. And I experienced 
being hurt when I was seven, that's never going to happen again. So now I'm going to close my heart, shut down, disconnect, shut down from my body, only going to my mind, overanalyze, being my mind. Because when I was feeling when I was five and my needs weren't met and dad was crazy, mom and dad were fighting, nobody was around, nobody met my needs. I felt helpless. That was too painful. But if I just disconnect, not feel and just close my heart and become independent and I don't need anybody, then I don't feel hurt again. Right. So, so the ego is a strategy that we've learned to hold on to a positionality that we've learned to hold on to as a way to not be hurt. It's protection and get love validation approval. And the ego's job is to reinforce its existence, you know. And so when we can understand the nature of the ego, then we can understand how to work with the ego because the ego is not bad. It just came into being in order to avoid pain, suppress, 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 close down, erect walls, disconnect, boom, and to get love, validation, approval. We learned who we needed to be in order to have mom and dad to love us. So now we contorted ourselves into the shape of Coot, of Roberta, of Sam, of Susie, and we became a nice guy. We became the funny one. We became the kind one. We became the over-responsible one. We became the overachiever, thinking that if we could be this way, then mom and dad would love us. And now we've got all lays, good boy, good Roberta, good coot. So we became more of that. So we develop a role, a mask, a persona to become who we think we need to be to get love, validation, and approval. And we think that this version of who we've become, we think that is who we are. But it's not who we are. It's just who we've been conditioned to be. To function, to avoid pain, and to get love. But we get so identified with that as a strategy of protection that we're now limited. And so now we go through life so conditioned and limited, but now we're also afraid to question ourselves because to question this version of ourselves that we've become is scary because it feels like a death. If I surrender, if yeah. I let go, if I if I question my beliefs... This is why if I have pride, then I can hold on to what I believe. This is what I believe, Roberta. This is what I know. And now I'm proud about who I am. And I don't have to question and maybe consider your opinion and let go because my Mm -hmm. pride is in the way, which is really self-protection. And it means well. And so we don't have to beat ourselves up or force surrender. When you understand the very mechanism that is resisting surrender is the ego, and it's just trying to protect us. So when we understand what ego is, then we can start meeting our resistance with love, meeting this mechanism of ego with compassion, with observation, with awareness, with compassion, with love. Because we know we're not resisting and being prideful and being stubborn and being closed and pushing people away and, you know, all of this stuff, sabotaging our relationships. Because, for instance, for the person that has learned as a young kid, it wasn't safe loving because whenever I was loved, dad was mean. Or it wasn't safe being open because when I was open, my needs weren't met and that felt so painful. So I closed my heart, shut down, became over-independent. Like, I don't need anybody in this world so now i'm 35 i'm 45 i'm 55 and i'm single wondering why the hell am i single because really energetically emotionally psychically i'm not truly available because my ego has closed to protect myself because the fear is well when i needed people mom and dad weren't there so let me just be closed and not need anyone because if i don't need anyone i can't get hurt 
And so now I've kind of like, oh, I'm falling in love with the with this person over here. <laughs> Ego kicks in. It's like, no, don't fall in love because that means you might re-experience what you experienced when you were five and not have your needs met. So if you push them away, cheat, sabotage, be mean, whatever it is to sabotage, then you can push them away. You won't have to open your heart and risk the pain of not having your needs met because that was too painful. And so like, dude, how do you fix this? First, I mean, first you have to become perfect. A, I don't see first, how you could fix it. You don't have to fix it. You have to understand it. First, you have to become aware. Most of us are not aware. We are operating on automatic. We are operating on oh, automatic. That's so true. We are just in an automatic. We, we talk about free will. We don't have free will. We're just conditioned. We are conditioned. And so for that, person, for that person that okay. is close, they'll either not attract anybody, not be open to anyone in a relationship, or they will somehow choose the person that is so not available, i.e. in another marriage, in another country. You live in L.A., they live in freaking Afghanistan, in a mountain, in a shed with no phone, but you, fall in, no love phone. <laughs> but you fall in love with them because at least if you fall in love with that person, Roberta, it sure as hell isn't going to work because sure as hell. It, it's Absolutely. much safer to fall in love with that person that's not available because well, if they're not available, guess what? You don't have to open your heart. Uh, and so it's uh, unconscious conditioning is what is running us day in, day out. We're not even aware. It's why we're choosing our partners. It's why we have certain drives. It's what's motivating us. So first we have to become aware of who we are, we have to start becoming aware of our patterns, seeing our patterns, become conscious of our patterns, acknowledge our patterns, question our patterns. The challenge is this. The ego does not want to change. That's true. Because of the reasons I've said. Oh, yeah. To keep you safe and protect you to reinforce its existence because change for the ego feels like a death. Surrender for the ego feels like a death. If I change, if I question my thoughts, if I question my thinking, if I expand my belief system, if I let go of pride, then who will I be? That feels like a death. And so we resist, we resist, we resist. And we want, we want our spouses to change. We want our children to change. We want our pet chihuahua to change. We want the president of the United States to change, but we don't want to change. No. That is the ego strategy of keeping itself together. Yeah. So, so we have to start becoming conscious and aware of, oh, who am I? Oh, is this me? Oh, these are the patterns that I'm playing out constantly. And then we have to be willing to, to sort of allow ourselves the space to, to, to sort of feel underneath those patterns to allow the grief, the pain, the sadness of not having those needs met, which we've learned how to not feel through ego. So to have the space to allow ourselves to release the feelings of sadness, pain, hurt, whatever we feel that we so suppressed so that we can allow that to dissolve, allow that to shift, allow that to release so that there's more space inside of us and bring love and compassion to ourselves. And so you could say that process of what I just described is what my events and seminars help people do, which is become conscious of their patterns and help them deal with the emotions and the pain that's underneath there that's keeping them stuck. Wow. I don't want to say it helps people fix, but it helps people 
transform and heal. Open up and heal. You're available to other possibilities. Wow. That's that's a big wow. Yeah. You're doing that. That's huge. That's huge. I I, Um, because I don't know how to help people who tell me that they're scared God is going to want them to do something bad. I can't get people past that point. Past which point? The point where they say, oh, they want to do something wonderful. Um, and, and, uh, they're afraid. So I say, great. Give your, give your life to God. It never occurred to me when I started getting that. Oh, but God's going to want me to, you know, be a nun and, uh, uh, you know, in a leper colony. And I'm afraid of that. I never got. Oh. That's the objection I get. They think God will want them to do something bad. I can't. It never occurred. Well, but, but, the, to me. but the thing is, we have to say, well, why is that bad? You know, how is that bad? I don't know. Right. And 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 here's the thing. What I will say is, when you surrender, you open yourself up to more. And what is more? You know, Gandhi was a lawyer, successful lawyer, making money. He could have resisted that. To stay the lawyer. And lived a small life, a little life, maybe a successful life, but a little life. And we would not know Gandhi. We the same with Dr. King. The world would look different. Yes. Same with Martin Luther King, who didn't want to be the, the leader of the civil rights movement. <laughs> yes. And so he could have held on to who he was. You can hold on to the small life that you have, but I believe that when you resist the authentic flow of your soul, you spiritually constipate yourself and you make yourself spiritually, psychologically, psychically, energetically sick. You make, and this is why I think many of us, we go crazy because we're, we're, we're resisting the natural flow of our soul. No, I don't want to do that. No, it's like not taking a poop for like 20 years will make you kind of sick, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a and, and so bad. when we do that with life, like God might want me to do something that I don't want to do. So, so, but then we live the life that we have and then we're like, Roberta, why do I feel unhappy? Because you're resisting the natural flow of your soul. Yeah. You don't know Teresa. what God will want you to do. You don't know what life will want you to do. Like, like, Mother Teresa could have been, you know, working in a small office in, in, in Europe somewhere, but she became Mother Teresa. What can you say to that? It's like, wow. Right. It's, it's, it's never it's, occurred to me that God would want, want you to do anything, anyone to want to do anything that was less than wonderful and perfect. Yes, for le- you. Less than aligned, less than perfect for you. Right. Right. Exactly and, right. And, and I think when we can open to that and surrender to that, that's when the magic happens. Yes. You know, look, I'll give an example. Okay. For those that might be like, oh, but I'm afraid to surrender. Okay, check this. I want every single person to imagine, everyone to imagine your most blissful sexual experience. Let's not even be spiritual for a moment, Roberta. Let's just be human, okay? Imagine a bliss. doesn't have to be your most blissful, but a blissful sexual experience with your lover, with your husband, with your spouse. Like, wow, the throes of passion, energy exchange. It was ecstatic. It was blissful. Wow. We've all had a moment in our lives of that bliss. Why was that lovemaking so blissful? Was it because you came to the lovemaking encounter with an entire laptop or, or an entire business plan of how this sexual encounter was going to go? <laughs> okay, honey, I'm in complete control. 
we're going to make love for 44 minutes. And in minute one, you're going to sit down exactly 97 degrees on the bed. Minute two, you're going to kiss me 14 times. Minute three, I'm going to move this way. Minute four, I take your clothes off. Minute five, you do this. Minute six, I have to kiss you 17 times. Does it, is that how the lovemaking is? No. Do we know what's going to happen? No. Do we try to force our partner? No. We, we just surrender. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how the energy is going to flow. We don't know what we're going to do. Imagine every time you made love to your husband or your wife, it was the same thing every time for 40. We would end up being celibate monks at that point. It was like, this is so boring. And so what makes the lovemaking so ecstatic is we're not trying to control. We are letting go. We're opening to this energy that is flowing through us and our partner in this exchange. And that's why it's blissful. So we all have had the experience and we all know what it's like. And if lovemaking is that, is that blissful, what if life yeah. was that blissful? Life making. What if life could be that blissful? Life making. Yes. Yes. It doesn't mean you don't make plans. It doesn't mean you don't have goals. It just means you don't get so attached to them. You know, we're like, I'm going to make this person who clearly is not the right one. I'm going to make them my soulmate. It's like, what are we doing? You know, I'm going to make this job that is clearly not my purpose. I'm going to hold on to this thing. Because sometimes we are holding on to peanuts. Yeah. Thinking that the peanut is everything. When the truth is, the universe is seeking to give us a buffet. And so what are you holding on to, folks, that's no longer aligned? What do you need to let go that's no longer aligned? Who and what is no longer a vibrational match? If you want to activate more miracles in your life, let go of what is no longer like go into your closets and let go of all those clothes that you haven't worn in three years. But I'm, but I'm, but I might, you haven't worn it in three years. You're probably not going to wear it. Let it go. Ever Give it again. away. Cleanse the space. Look through your friendships and, 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 and associations. Release and let go of those friends that are clearly are energetically vibrationally bringing you down. Go through your entire house, clean your closets, clean out everything that, you know what, energetically doesn't bring you aliveness and joy that is not reflecting who you are in your consciousness today make space make space watch miracles happen beautiful beautifully said clean out your life yes (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness well we're we're coming toward the end of our time believe it or not i can't believe it feels like 15 minutes oh all right so what do you want people to take away from today Wow. Look, surrender. Look, all I'll say is surrender is the password to freedom. You want more magic in your life? Surrender. Um, you want more joy in your life? Surrender. You want to manifest the next level? Surrender. Because when you surrender, you transcend your human limitations. You tap into another dimension of life and life potential. And life will manifest through you. Life will express through you and life will use you in ways that you cannot imagine. Surrender is the key. You want more magic? The code. Simply surrender. And what will start unfolding in your life will be more than you could have planned and envisioned with, the, with your own limited mind. That's, that's, the, that's what I want people to take away. Surrender is the key to everything. Yeah. How perfect. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. It's Great so- to see you. Can I let people know about about uh, a couple of links that they can 
Connect. Absolutely. But we'll put the links in, in the um, notes as well. Yes. So everybody what I want people knows. to know is you asked about my event. I think for me, my favorite and most powerful event is my event in Bali. It's called Boundless Bliss, the Bali Breakthrough Experience. I have done this event for the last 12 years. I've done 21 of these events in Bali. And hundreds, hundreds of folks have been through this event from all walks of life, billionaires, celebrities, entrepreneurs, you name it, leaders, visionaries. I would say that if you're somebody who you feel a calling to make a difference in people's lives, you feel ready to heal your conditioning and transform and connect to your true essence and share your gifts with the world. For me, part of my purpose is to train leaders and visionaries so that they can fulfill their purpose in their lifetime, fulfill their potential in their lifetime and do what they have have been put on the planet to do. And with that said, this December the 5th through the 16th is my 22nd Boundless Bliss Bali event. And if you feel something, I want you to be there. I was told that when I created this event, there were souls around the world that when they heard about it were destined to do it and they would feel it. And if that's you, feel it, see if it resonates. This is the last Boundless Bliss Bali event I will ever do. This is my final one, number 22. I'll be creating other things and other events, but this is the last 12-day Boundless Bliss Bali journey I will ever do. And so if you feel it, now is your time. It's a 12-day experiential seminar, immersion training without wolves, where I use Bali as the backdrop. It's unlike any Bali experience, seminar, retreat on the planet. 12 days with me and 18 other amazing people. So you can go to www.boundlessblissbali.com. That's boundlessblissbali.com and uh, watch the video, apply to be interviewed, and we'll take it from there. My book, The Magic of Surrender, Get get the the paperback on Amazon, uh, my podcast Soul Talk. And you can also go to my website kutecootblackson.com. Enter your name and email to receive a free three part video training series on how to find your purpose. That about does it, and all of that will be in the notes to this program, so you don't have to drive off the road and in order to write it down. <laughs> We're always worried about that. Well, big hug, my dear. I'm Thank so. You. Glad to, to have had you today with us, and we will we will be doing this again. So, everyone, uh, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Uh, please always know, always know that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really get that, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest will be, and this will be, I think, his eighth time with us, um, Father Nathan of Castle. His, he's just put out a third book. He's a Dominican priest who lives and works in a community of Dominican men and women in the at the University of Arizona. And he's a very traditional Catholic, but guess what? He also does spirit rescue work. He was called to do it 25 years ago. And I'm amazed, and I respect the Catholic Church for letting him do it, because I didn't think they were that with it, but I guess they are. His first book was called Afterlife Interrupted, Helping Stuck Souls Cross Over. And as I say, he's been, this is his eighth time. He was with us through his second book as well. And he tells us some amazing stories. I've done spirit rescue work myself. Uh, Bruce Moen, who now has passed over himself, taught me and, uh, 
I, I'm going to say what, what Father Nathan is doing is legitimate. It's amazing. And uh, please be with us next week. This will boggle your mind. This week, we've been speaking with Coot Blackson, who has been with us for the fourth time. I think Coot is an amazing young man. He's transforming a lot of people. And if you can be in Bali, this may be the time to transform your life as well. He is a person um, who is, I think, going to be one of the few people who truly has the opportunity to transform the world. And now, of course, once again, it's time to mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to seekreality.com and start to learn for yourself that your own reality truly is eternal. Learn the ultimate truth from our dear friend Craig Hogan, who's your world worldwide expert on all things afterlife. Teachingsbyjesus.com is your single resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to us in perfect love by the greatest teacher who ever was and ever will be, Master Jesus. Now it really is, finally, is Jesus's turn. My nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. For young children, there's The Fun of Meeting Jesus, and you can order all these books on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and the adult books are available as audiobooks, except, of course, for the last one until I get the chance to read it into a little microphone, and then we'll have that one, too. You can always reach me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer every email, but it does take me a while because I get so many. But please always give me your correct email address or it will bounce and that makes me sad. And all of the more than 500 past episodes of Seek Reality are available wherever audio podcasts can be found. You can listen to new audio episodes each week with the Seek Reality app that you can find for free wherever free apps are available. And you can see the new video episodes on Roku or Firestick. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, in this entire universe, you are infinitely, eternally, and perfectly loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.